Welcome to the C3V podcast. This is what I'm thinking. This is. Okay, God, this is where we're going. And as I tried to start to plan around my genius, amazing idea, um, you know, and it's right, I love in scripture. Sometimes it's. I love sometimes, and this is why I love great is that we have been camped out here. This is where we were. These two packages are basically where we've been uh, all last month. And so I was saying, okay, God, this is my idea. This is my plan. This is where I think uh, we should be going. And it wasn't, it wasn't where we are today. And I just felt this, I couldn't, it just didn't sit right. And then I felt God just kind of saying to me, just turn the page. And I'm like, oh God, you mean like metaphorically? Turn the page? We should be turning the page as a community? Should we turn the page? And it was like, no, stupid, just turn the page. So after some prayer and fasting, I'm just going to deep time I turned the page. And lo and behold, here is chapter 5. And chapter 5 is Jesus calls his first. Uh, disciples, it's when the disciples started to find God and find friends. <laughs> so it was all my idea, and I fully claimed this. How's that for a point, not for a series? Okay, so here we are. If you've got your Bible and you'd like to go to Luke chapter 5, I feel like it's a great place for us to start here this morning. Genius, uh, isn't it? Oh my gosh. You know, anyway, hey. We get here, we got here, yeah, here we are. So Luke 5, it says this on one occasion while the crowd was practicing in on him to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gethsemane, and which is just the sea of Gath, or what you say. And he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them 
and we're watching their nets. And getting into one of the boats, which, which was Simon Simon's, Simon is Peter, so he asked him to put it out a little from land, and he sat down and he taught the people from the boat. I love this because he said to Peter, he said, well, I, I want to take your boat, and we're just going to push it out just a little bit. Just a little bit. And sometimes I think finding God is that. Finding God starts with just a little bit. That's good. You don't, have to, you don't have to go the whole way. you just got to go a little bit. And maybe through the past seasons like we've been talking about, you've found yourself off track. You've found yourself not where you want to be. Can I encourage you to get back on track to start with a little bit? You don't have to go straight into Like, just start with a little bit. And, and it, all, it kind of just... This is what you find as people come to the house of God. It starts with a little bit. See, Peter... Peter was uh, the oldest disciple of all the disciples. He's probably early 20s. He's, he's probably the closest in age to Jesus, while everyone else is pretty much uh, 20 and under. He was just that little bit older. And as you start to, to look into him, you start to realize he grew up where Jesus grew up. They're from the same place. You have to think, well, he probably knew Jesus growing up. You see, he just starts with a little bit. Oh, I just know this guy. This guy and he you knows God and we're hanging out now. It just starts with a little bit. And then and then as you start to read back in the end of chapter, chapter four, you realise that Simon Peter, he he has a wife, he's got a family, and they're starting to interact with Jesus. It just starts with a little bit. And then Peter's mother in law gets ill. And who do they ask? They ask Jesus to come. So now Jesus, it starts with a little bit, now Jesus is in the house. And Jesus is praying for his mother-in-law. And she gets better. It just starts with a little bit. See, Jesus will, a little bit is better than no bit. And, and this is what I find, that God's an awful to go with a He will take your something over nothing all the time. So you say, God, oh, but I've only got this little bit. You say, oh, God, I've only got this little bit of oil. And he says, I'll, I'll take it. I'll use it. He says, oh, I've, oh, I've only got like these three little stones. And there's a Goliath behind And he says, I'll use it. I'll take it. That's great. Perfect. I'll take you a little bit over no bit. God, I've got all these people to feed. All I've got is this little lunch. I'll take it. I'll use it. A little bit. He's better than nobody. Just start. And if your journey is off track, I just encourage you, mate, if it's just one way, chip song, once a day, do it. Just start. Just just one worship song. Maybe it's just one scripture a day. Put the U version app on your phone and it pops up the verse of the day. And just to make a commitment, I'm going to read that one verse. Just, just a little bit. It'll just take you a little bit. If that is not... You need to spend an hour in worship every day. You know, like, no, just, just do one song. Do one scripture. Just do one prayer. Just do a little bit. Just start a little bit. You see, it's, and this is the thing, it's, it's, everyone's journey is different. And we're not trying to put together a method or a scheme or a three steps 
finding God. I'm saying your journey is different. Your journey is different to my journey. My journey is different to your journey. These are all different journeys. They're all different. And they're all at different speeds. Come on, it's so good. Right, so don't feel the pressure of, well, I should be. By now, I should have been. Just do a little bit. Just take a step. Just push it. It just starts with a little bit. It's just a little bit. This is journey. It took 30 years before ministry. So we've got to stop free freaking out when it's like a month. Oh, I should be doing that. Just... Take it a little bit. Take it. Take it slow. It's like I've been saying. It's not the wrong way. It's just the long way. If it takes the long way, then it takes the long way. If it takes the scenic way, it takes the scenic way. But we put this pressure on ourselves. It's almost like this that I find that we put more restrictions on ourselves in entering the great presence of God than God does. Yes. He just says, no, I'll just take you a little bit. You take a little, just, just take a little step towards me. It says, draw near to me, and I'll draw near to you. Drawing near to him could just be one little step. Just a, it's just a little bit. We quite often find ourselves saying, you know, when things like this happen, and days like this happen, and chaos and out of control, and we say, oh, well, we got there in the end. That's all that's Let's just get there again. He's more concerned in your final destination than your current location. He's not like, well, you've let me down there and you let me down there. Well, he's just like, come on, let's get, let's get you back up. Let's dust you back off. Let's get you back on track. Just take a little step. And now let's take another little step. And let's just push out from the land just a little. Just don't get stuck. But here, it's not careful, constructed sense sentences or being in perfect play places that draw us into his presence. The place you're at right now is the place where his presence can be. Awesome. So right now, sitting in this chair, however you came into this room, however this week's been, month's been, year's been, decade's been, life's been, how your childhood's been, whatever it is, where you're sitting here right now, this God can find you right where you are. Sick. So good. And I find that we start our journey in the shash clothes. We get comfortable here. Oh, it's amazing here in the shallows. My gifts are starting to shine in the shallows. It's calm in the shallows. It's tranquil in the shallows. You know those beach shots of like a sand beach with, with small rolling waves. You know, that's where we love. Oh, it's it's beautiful here in the shallows. And then Jesus says, right, let's push into the deep. And we go, are you crazy? Are you nuts? What are you talking about? The deep's uncomfortable. The deep is not what you mean. You, you see those tranquil beaks behind you know, palm tree. The sun's setting in the distance. It's beautiful on the shores of your tropical island retreat. Whenever you see pictures of the deep, it's like fishing boats up, almost upside down, in waves crashing over the front. No one wants to be out in the deep. I remember the last time we went to Australia, my brother is a fish fisherman, loves to fish. He would fish all day, every day, 
No, he's he's that guy. You know, like brings a home fish, the whole thing. And he said, hey, uh, you're here, let's take you out. <laughs> let's take you out. And because a few weeks ago I saw some whales. That sounds fantastic. No, no, it's not. So out we go in this little boat, and it's beautiful to start. You, you know, there's like an inlet on one side, they, they live on this little peninsula, and one side is a little, you know, lake and calm. It's beautiful. We're going out there, I'm waving at people. Hey, yeah, look at me, I'm on a boat. This is fantastic. Have a great day, look at me go. This is fantastic. This is awesome. It's like here, it's all calm. Look at the birds, look at the dolphins. Oh, magical. Magical. And then we kind of turn the corner and we push it out into the deep. It wasn't good. It wasn't good at all. And we kept going and going and going. And there was a point where I realized I can't see land anymore. And this feels gross. And then you're going over the swell. It's like it's not even, it's like imaginary waves. You can't even see the waves. But you're up. And then you're like, oh no, I think I saw a bit of land. Oh, now I'm back down again. Now I'm back up. Now I'm back down. Now I'm up. And I don't feel very good at all. And I'm the boat, I'm the man. Like, lucky for me, my five year old nephew was there. Oh, and he can't handle the deep feet. So as he started to throw up uncontrollably, and I felt like I was going to be next, I would say, oh, look, he's not well. I think we should go back in. But there was a feeling when I was out there, it was like, it was just so uncomfortable. I couldn't see land. I kept thinking in my head, how deep is this? If we fall out, <laughs> I meant to be a grown man, I wasn't. I was very, I was a green man, I was a grown man. As I went from fall out, like there's no bottom. I'm gonna sit, I mean, I'm trying. There's a whale coming. Then we're gonna catch the whale, this is my life. I'm about to be consumed by like all the thoughts. So the deep is so uncomfortable. And Jesus says, look, when he finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toil all night and we caught nets. Peter's reaction here is like, whoa, 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 hold up. Hold up. You're a carpenter. We're not out to catch tables. We're not building a chair, Jesus. We're out to catch some fish. And I'm the fisherman. I know how to catch fish. You don't catch fish in the day. Duh. And Jesus is like, no, we're going to push out. We're going to let down nets. Peter's like, no, 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 no. We know that there's no fish when the sun's out. The fish are actually are repelled by the heat on the sea sea gallery. So they actually go way deeper than the nets could ever get to. Peter's like, I'm an expert in this situation. And it's funny that when God calls us out into the deep, 
all of a sudden worthy expert on what we should do. No, no, God, you can't put me out there. I know that's not what you do. I know that doesn't make sense anymore. It's funny that Peter didn't have any problems when Jesus just wanted to use his boat as an old boat. But when Jesus just wanted to use his boat as a fishing boat, then he was like, oh, no, you're walking into my space now, God. Like, I'm the expert here, God. Don't tell me how to operate in my business. I'm the expert here. Don't tell me what to do with my finances. Can't you see what I've built so far? Like, look, look what I've already produced, Lord. Don't come into this space. I know what I'm doing. I know what it is, right? It's like they knew, they knew the lake and they knew their trade, but they had caught nothing. nothing. <laughs> but we're still good to call ourselves here. It's like, I know what I'm doing and I'm doing it well. And Jesus says, well, you got any results? It's like, that's not the point. The point is, I know what I'm doing. You know, it's like, man, drive. Don't give me directions. I sense that we're in the right area. I don't need to be told that I'm not, right? Wow, I didn't get my name from over here. This is fantastic. This is a good, a good day. And I, says, you know practical, but I know fiction. You know spiritual, but I know practical. And Jesus signed to say, no, just let me in to that practical world. Let me into your world. Let me give you ideas. Let me give you strategies that you don't have. Let me let me into that world. Like stop stop being an stop being an expert. It's funny that he gives us gifts and he gives us skills and he gives us tactical points. And we love that part of our life. Look at the business I've created. And then Jesus comes along and says, Yeah, and can I use it? Can I use Oh, God, you've given me this gift of sin. It's amazing. And then he comes along and says, Can I use it? Oh, I don't know. That's what he's saying here. Can I use it? I'm giving you this thing. I'm giving you this Let's push out of the deep a little. And will you? Let me use it. Now here's the thing about that, this situation. <coughs> if push out of the deep, on the other side of pushing out of the deep is a miracle. On the other side of it is life changing a moment where everything is different for Peter. Everything's different for the disciples. Things change. They realise that their whole life takes a different track. And we would think for a miracle, this is what, um, it's not very exclusive to each other, but let me just make the point here. We get told that the only way to a miracle is by faith. You just don't have to be faith, you know. And that's when we get stuck to it. Oh, I didn't have enough faith. This miracle, this miracle here, didn't require faith. It required obedience. And that's where we struggle with. We love the ones that are by faith. 
But this had nothing to do with that. Nothing at all. If he didn't push out a little bit, he probably wouldn't have pushed out a lot. Jesus didn't ask him to have faith for a great catch. He just said, let me use your boat and let's push out. It didn't require faith. It required obedience. You know? And that's why we get into things where it's like, if I just had more faith, it's not. Sometimes we need a little bit of faith and a lot of readiness. Right? Just a little bit of it's, and that's what Jesus says all the time. I only need you only need faith like a mustard seed. But he only ever talks about faith as meaning a little bit. Not a big not a huge requirement. Faith makes you up. It's like any like, I don't know. We look at it like there's degrees of faith or something. Oh, I only had percent faith in making this place. Whose whose scale are we working on? But this had nothing to do with faith. It's just solely to do with obedience. And sometimes your miracle is on the other side of obedience. It's a hard place to get to. You know, Jesus says, okay, so now I'm going to use this. I want you to sow into your miracle on the other side of obedience. It's on the other side. Fletch says this, God can only bless that which is consistent with himself. It's okay. Or Isaiah put it like this, if you're willing, if you're willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. We love the willing God, I'm so willing. I'm willing, Lord. I'm willing. Just tell me what to do. Tell me something else to do. <laughs> what about this? Like, this is where we we, we excel in the willing. We struggle in the obedience. It's not a word that people like these days. We live in a generation that don't you tell me what to do. I'll do what I want to do and I want to do it and what feels good for me. You know, it's this promotion of self where self is, self is your identity is what the world would tell you. God's saying, well, how much can you trust me? How much can you look to me? When I say steps, will you step? When I say, go this way, will you do it? If I lead, lead you that way, will you follow that way? You know, obedience is so hard. Sometimes I think we can take ourselves part of the way. The willing part takes part of the way. God says, you know, bring we use five things. I bring the whole tithe into the storehouse and I'll open the windows of heaven. Then we can say, well, I brought a bit of it and I'm willing. But he can only bless that which consistent with himself. He's saying, if you just follow me in obedience, see what I will do. We're willing, but we take ourselves part of the way and then we stop. And God's going, no, if you can just take that a little bit more. Just trust me that little bit more. If we can just, you know, we see this with Jesus too when he heals a blind blind. And as it says in, in John 9, as he as Jesus uh, he passed by, he saw a blind man from birth, and his disciples asked him, by who sinned? This man or his parents if he was born blind. And Jesus answered, It's not 
that this man has sinned or his parents, but the works of God might be displayed in him. We must work the works of him who sent him while it's day night is coming, but no one can walk. As long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. Having said these things, he spit on the ground, he made mud with the saliva, and then he anointed the man's eyes with the mud, and he said to him, Go wash in the pool of saliva, which means set. Go and go and walk. And then the next line says this. So he went and he washed and he came back Okay. So here's my question. Was he healed by faith or obedience? Was he was he healed when Jesus rubbed the saliva's dirt in his eyes? Would that have been enough? See, he was willing, he was willing to be blind, but if he hadn't have gone and washed, if he just took himself part of the way, if he just got it in and went near the pool, went near the water, like Jesus, I'm coming down to the shore, but really you don't even get in, right? I don't need to go all the way in and get washed. Like here, like close enough has got to be good enough, right? Right? Like at what point is he getting healed? Is it by faith? Did he get healed by faith or did he get healed by this is the, and I think this is the balance. It's kind of like, yes. Faith or obedience. It's like, yes. Yeah, it is. It's kind of, it's not. It's, it's him stepping into faith, but then following through all the steps that God's asked him to do. All the way into fully being submerged in the water. And then he came back. Same. You see, it's, it's funny, you go, well, can God bless the Mesopotamian? Sometimes. God, so, God is so, God does what he does. We're not trying to capture a method. Yeah. <laughs> right? We're not trying to capture steps of ways to make God bless you. Right? This is you and your walk. You listening to God. You following your own steps. See, that was one way that one person got healed of, of being blind. But every time that Jesus healed someone of being blind, it was a different way. So there's no method here. It's just following obedience. And that's why I'm saying your journey's different. Your steps are different. What works for you may not work for me. What God calls you to do, he may not call me to do. Well, it's different, but ultimately, being obedient, is the point. Gene Peterson talked about our war. You hear Fletch quote this all the time. It's just an obedience in the same direction. Just a long obedience. Just constantly checking yourself and saying, God, okay, I'm just going to be obedient. I'm just going to step this down. Alright, this. Obedience is just as big of a dog doorway to the supernatural as faith. Good. Obedience is just as big a doorway to the supernatural as faith is. You see, Simon, Simon and Peter, they had seen people cured, they heard Jesus' teaching, but this miracle reached directly into his life in Roman. Simon had been fishing all his life, and when he saw what Jesus did in supplying such a huge haul of, of fish, he recognised Jesus as a Messiah. 
is he, in, in verse 5, he calls him master. But now, he calls him Lord. It's a shift. And I, I allude, we're going to look at this a little bit, a little bit more, um, a little later. But God isn't just here to be your safe saviour. He's here to be your Lord. He's not just here to keep, you know, we've all seen the video of the sheep that the farmer pulls out of the ditch and then runs around and jumps straight back in the ditch again. Like, we've all seen that one. Right? And sometimes that's our, but if we're just constantly looking to Jesus to be our saviour, oh, here I go again. Oh, here I go again. Oh, here I go again. He's calling you to more than that. He's saying, no, I'm, I'm, I want to be your Lord. Stop being obedient to me. Stop following the set. See what good and great things can come to you in a walk of obedience over a walk of saving. I mean, God is he's interested not only in saying, saving you, but also in helping you in your daily life. See, we let God in a little and then we start putting restrictions on it. I'll just do what to hear God. I'll only go that far. I'll only do this much. He's saying, no, just let me, let me come right into the bed. Let me come right into it. These fishermen have seen Jesus establish authority in the synagogue, heal the sick, and drive out demons. And with this catch of fish, they also established his authority in their lives. It's amazing what the miraculous can do for somebody. It's amazing how the miraculous can convict us. Mm. He straight signed and said, well, I'm not worthy of you. Following Jesus means more than just acknowledging him as a saint saviour. It means leaving the past behind and committing the future to him. But our first step has to be that we relinquish command to him. Okay, God. Here I am. And I'm not talking about obedience to man. Right? This isn't some, you know, I'm stepping into this new world that is sinned, and I expect full obedience under my command. <laughs> right? Everybody? Right? That's how some fun function. But some places are like Right? It's not us, really. You're safe. Right? It's some kind of top population where I'm saying you will obey. Right? This isn't this isn't a dictatorship. Right? When you do what I say, it's not this. This is just us saying to God, wherever you wherever you call me, wherever you lead me, I'm gonna try, I'm gonna face it. I may not get it right all the time. I may get off track. I may misstep. I may hear you wrong. I may not hear you say, turn the page, and I might come up with my great own ideas. But God, I just want to be obedient to what you are saying. I want to be obedient to your word. It's like as we start to relinquish control, we start to say things like, yes, God, I believe that you are the upper end. You are the beginning and the end. Right? You are the perfecter of all that concerns you. Insert any and all scriptures. As you start to accept who he is, they start to mean something to you. You start to say, God, let these words have control. Let me follow these words. Like, 
be a light unto my feet. Whatever it is, like as we start stepping out into saying, God, all that I am and all that I have, I want it to be obedient to you. That's it. That's it. You know, as some, you know, David could wrote, you know, even with an example, I know that you're in control. Right? Paul wrote, you know, I have I have no doubt that death nor life, angels nor demons, present or future, powers, height, death, nor anything else in creation is able to separate me from you. And it's like as we start to submit to that authority, it's like we start to realize that that is right. That I can't get so far off track that he can't find me where I am. That I can't go down a path too far that he says, oh, can't see you anymore, you're lost. I can't get too far and too scared out into the deep where I can't see ocean and land and I think I'm going to get swallowed by a whale. It's it's never enough. He says, yeah, right, I'll find you where you're at. I'll find you. Let's get you back up. Let's get you back on it. Just take another little step. Just step by step by step by step. Yeah. And Peter says this great line. He says, Guys, you're a nutcase for trying to push us out, for trying to catch us. This is ridiculous. This makes zero sense to me in my, in my professional opinion. <laughs> this makes no sense pushing out into the deep right now. <laughs> Your word. Yes, and at your word. And at your word. And at your word, let me shove this boat off. I'll, I'll jump on the engine, or I'll jump on the oars, whatever they I don't know what they had. Put up the sail, whatever it is. I have no idea how the boats move. I probably should have looked that. I'll blow into the sails, whatever it is. But at your word, let's go. Right? It's made no sense to me. But let's go. I don't understand where you're taking me. I don't understand how this could even happen. I don't understand at all. But let's go. At your word. That's the life of obedience. Is at your word. But at your word. But at your word. Right? Whatever it is. And when we do, when we do finally say, okay, God, let's go, what we find is he exceeds all our expectations. You see, Pete, that would have been amazing if they caught one fish. He would have been like, oh, that's impressive. One would have done it. But he exceeds our expectations. Yeah. So much so that there's two boats overflowing yeah. with fish. So much so that if the miraculous exceeds their expectation, that they realize in themselves, I can't do this by myself. I can't, you know, I... He basically throws himself at the feet of Jesus and says, you know, like, I'm not worth it. I'm not worthy of it. Like, I need saving. Like, I need you in my life because I can't produce what you're producing. It makes no sense. But at your word. But at your word. And Jesus, even miraculously too, is beginning to wrap up to you. Because it's like... He says, but at your word. And Jesus is already preparing him for future miracles. But he doesn't even know that. Because this won't be the last time that he's standing on the edge of a boat. And Jesus is saying, Do you believe? And he says, But 
That's your word. Oh, That's your word. It's a life of obedience. Prepares us for what we don't even know about. Thanks for listening to the C3V podcast. To find out more about our church, visit us at c3v.ca.